0: Us by Terrence Reel Book Highlights Episode 81 Welcome to the Awaken You Podcast, where we break down relationship barriers by awakening your true you. I'm Coach Christine, and the two of us will be doing this work together because this process isn't about changing your partner. It's about discovering who you are so you can awaken you in your marriage. Well, welcome Awaken You listeners. Welcome to another week of Upgrading Your Intimate Relationship. This week, I have to check in with all of you to see how you're doing with that goal you set for yourself in the beginning of this month. Do y'all remember that? Seems like a long time ago now, but last week, I did an interview with Amy Gianni, who is a marriage and family therapist and a master coach who specializes in helping people create intimate relationships filled with love, connection, and joy. And she also teaches coaches to do the same. It's an amazing interview. So if you miss that, you must go back. But I bring that up because since I did that interview, I did not check in with you last week. So tell me, tell me, tell me, how are you all doing? Let's start by asking the following three questions again. And let's take five minutes tonight or this morning to write your answers down. Go back and look at what your goal was, what you wanted to do this month, because maybe you've forgotten. Write down the answer to these three questions. What has been working well in your relationship work? So maybe you did completely forget your goal. That's okay. Think about your relationship and what has been going well write down at least three things and then ask yourself how you're neglecting your personal relationship goals. This isn't an area to beat you up, right? These questions are to help you. So just be honest and like maybe you forgot the goal or maybe there's something interfering with you following through and you need to maybe book one of those free coaching sessions to work through what is going on for you that you're not taking these steps. And then write one thing you're going to do this coming week to keep your relationship goal top priority. And if you didn't set a goal for this month, no worries. Let's decide right now what you want to create for yourself this week. Well, also realizing that we only have a couple more days until September. So we're going to be setting another relationship goal together next month. I'd suggest that you maybe get a jump start by going over to my website and downloading my Abundant Love free mini course. You have to download that if you haven't yet, and you can use that for September's project. And a little reveal that with this episode, I actually created a worksheet that will help you work through one part of what we talk about. So stick around till the end to find out how you can get that worksheet. And maybe that's what you'll work on this week or next month. I am so enjoying using this podcast as a way to be intentional about checking in with how we're doing with our relationship goals, using it as a way to work through the obstacles that are getting in the way of us achieving those goals. Because remember, if you're finding yourself stuck and not moving forward with your plan, schedule a free mini coaching session. There is a link in the show notes for you to do that. And let's work on a strategy to move through this block you are having. This week I am doing something completely new. I'm going to share highlights from a book that I just read in my relationship master coach training program. And it's sort of rocking my relationship boat. I have wanted to do a book review and I just decided to do it this week. I will tell you, it took me <laughs> some time to put this together because there is so much goodness in this book. So this, I'm not sure how long this is gonna end up being, um, but stick with me and grab what gems work for you. I think it's going to rock your little world as well. So come along and listen to what Terrence Real has to say about relationships in his new book titled Us, Getting Past You and Me to Build a More Loving Relationship. Terry has been a family therapist and teacher for over 25 years, a best-selling author, and leads couples on a step-by-step journey to greater intimacy and greater personal fulfillment. As we know, working on our relationship requires us to do the work inside, right? And that makes us grow if we want to have a more juicy, intimate relationship. This book is filled with so much goodness that like I said, I found it difficult to slim it down to under 60 minutes. So we're gonna see how long this is. And what I suggest when you're listening to the gems that I chose to share is to pick one that resonates the most with you. Mark the time in the episode that I talk about this gem and then write it down. Write about how it resonates with you take some time to really pay attention to what he says and how that hit a chord within you. And then like I said, make sure you stick around to the end because I have something I want to share with you that will help you create awareness around interactions with your partner and help you decide on purpose where you want to respond from. Now, Recognize that much of what I will be sharing today, they're going to be direct quotes from the book. So take a big, deep breath. I'm going to do it too. And let's dive in. Let's start with talking about remembering love. Real talks about conflict and moments when you feel unheard and remembering that you and your partner stand on the same side. Just like Brene Brown talks about sitting on the same side of the table instead of of across from each other. And just like I have talked about in a previous episode where we talked about, are we looking at our partner as an enemy or are we looking at them as an ally? And often, real talks about when we're in the heat of the moment, when we're in some form of conflict or disagreement, when fear and righteous anger course through our veins, it's hard to remember that you love this person, right? In these moments, the truth is that you don't. In those moments, you don't really love them. In these heated moments, the sense of the two of you acting as a team facing the world together looks more like two individuals fighting for their safety. He says the good news is that the love is still there. The bad news is that it's stored in parts of your brain, body, and nervous system that in those flash moments, you no longer inhibit. The higher functions of your brain, that prefrontal cortex, It has gone completely offline while the more primitive parts of your brain, the amygdala, have decisively taken over. You are no longer present, but acting from your past. And so this totally makes sense and resonates when, if you go back and listen to Enemy versus Ally, that episode, and I will link it in the show notes, it's really what Terry Real is talking about is noticing that right now you feel like an enemy. So he differentiates the difference between acting from our higher brain and our primitive brain as acting from what he calls our wise adult, that higher brain or our adaptive child, our primitive brain. So when we're thinking about enemy ally and you're thinking, this is my enemy, you are actually in your primitive brain. You're acting as your adaptive child and you want to start to create that awareness. And a little hint, this is something I'm gonna share with you at the end that's gonna help you. The wise adult is the part of us that cares about us the relationship with traits such as nuanced, realistic, forgiving, flexible, warm, yielding, humble, relaxed in the body. And then the adaptive child part of us is a triggered part of you. It is the adversarial you and me part of you. It is the fight Flight, fix, flee, lying, omitting, evading, automatic response in us with traits such as black and white thinking, perfectionistic, relentless, rigid, harsh, hard, certain, tight in the body. Next, let's go into co-regulation. So he talks about interpersonal neurobiology, which is the study of how our brains and our central nervous systems form through our relationships in childhood and how relationships impact our neurobiology as intimate adults. So partners in close relationships co-regulate each other's nervous systems their cortisol or stress hormone levels and their immune responsiveness. Secure relationships lead to increased immunity, less disease, and to say nothing of lower scores in depression, anxiety, and higher reported well-being. Insecure relationships stress you out, period, and make you sick, period. Co-regulation helps the prefrontal cortex to work less, It is the largest energy draw in our brain. So when we interact with others, our prefrontal cortex almost always slows down and grows quieter. So when we can co-regulate, less of us needs to be regulated and the more intimate the bond and the greater the relaxation. And that is super important to remember when we get, to the point later in this episode where we talk about what he calls the repair cycle. Now, on the other hand, we know from experience that few things can trigger us or make us go crazy like our intimate relationships can. And it totally makes sense. So I want this to help you normalize what goes on in your marriage. This is where we shift into that protective, adaptive child mode. We're seeing that we're in danger. We're seeking safety. We're wanting to protect ourselves. And at that point, when we, our brain, our primitive brain is triggered, telling us we're in danger, we shift out of our wise adult prefrontal cortices we're led instead by our more emotional, more primitive limbic system. We are no longer valuing the relationship. So let's talk about how we lose perspective of the us. I'm pulling this right out of the book. When we get trauma triggered in our close relationship, our wise adult completely shuts off and we're seized by our adaptive child. Our adaptive child is not some toxic force that you must banish or destroy. It is that young part of you that learned to cope the best way she could at the time. And what she needs to learn is to be parented. And the only person who can reliably do that at this point in your life is you. So really listen to that. You have your adaptive child who is reacting in a way, I've talked about this before, in a way that she learned how to cope with what she perceived to be danger in the past and now is utilizing this in your relationship the way she's learned. So now what she needs to do is she needs to be parented. And us as our wise adult can do that parenting real states that there is a spiritual principle here that to move beyond some part of you, you must first get to know it and ultimately befriend it, right? So it is really getting to know what's going on with that adaptive child. Why is she or he acting this way? It's all logical. It's all perfectly logical And then we need to learn how to parent ourselves, to calm ourselves down and let ourselves know that everything is going to be okay and that the way that they're acting is completely understandable, completely logical. So abandonment, it is a child ego state. We as adults do not get abandoned. Abandonment means if I leave you, you die. Children get abandoned, not adults. So when you feel petrified and desperate that someone is going to leave you, you are no longer your adult self. You are in your child ego state. And we all want our partners to reach in and heal the young wounded parts of us with their love right and they always to some degree they always fail us because they're human and therefore imperfect terry real lists five losing strategies the adaptive child will turn to so listen to these and see if you recognize these in your own life And if you do, just know that it is your adaptive child so that when you switch to one of these, that you're no longer in a state of mind to be really moving forward. You need to pause and take some time to figure out how to switch back into your prefrontal cortex. So here they are. Being right, controlling your partner or somebody else, right? practicing unbridled self-expression, retaliating against your partner or withdrawing from your partner. These are five losing strategies the adaptive child will turn to. Next, one thing I pulled out was core negative image. So when our partners seem utterly unbearable, We've all been there, right? We will see them as insufferable in pretty much the same way they always seem insufferable. This is what he says, okay? And it's the truth. It's the idea that most couples have the same fight over all the years they're married. And your partner's core negative image of you is a cartoon version of you at your worst. So think about that. And I like to think about that when I am... Arguing or disagree with my husband, I like to think of this picture or this caricature of my core negative image of him, which is an exaggerated image of him, right? It is a colorful exaggeration of you at your worst. That's how they're viewing us. And then he shares some examples of where men will see women often as controlling, insatiable, a complaining witch. <laughs> and so again, this is a exa- colorful exaggeration of you at your worst. And then we women often see men as undependable, self-centered, charming, narcissistic boy. I think a lot of us can relate to these two different images. And when we see them, our partner, as their core negative image triggered, we will usually convert to our adaptive child. We will want to fight them. And then one of the tips that he shares with this core negative image that your partner might have of you is to not deny their vision of you when it flares up. All right. So when they're flaring up, they're seeing you as this colorful exaggeration of yourself at your worst. And when you don't deny them, you won't reinforce it. You can actually even admit to the kernel of truth. And when you do admit to that kernel of truth, it will help their exaggeration relax a bit he talks about relational integrity. And what he talks about is he says to make sure that you take turns going crazy in your relationships. This is relational integrity, which means you hold a fort, being the wise adult, while your partner is going off, adaptive child. And you may not have achieved the result you wished, when you're just holding your fort, being the wise adult, but you remained steadily in the you that you want to be. And when you remain calm, when you remain mature, you both win. He talks a bit about infidelity in the book, and I just grabbed one quote out that I wanted to share with you. In this quote, he is actually chatting with a client. What he says is, we don't ask someone why they cheat. He says that's quite obvious, right? Affairs are flattering, new, sexually pleasurable. We ask someone why they don't cheat. What makes someone say no? And then he goes on to say, it's because I don't want to hurt my partner. I don't want to look into my kid's eyes and ask why daddy or mommy screwed around on mom or dad. I don't want my reputation ruined. And believe it or not, I'd rather live in a state of integrity. I sort of loved that quote. So lastly, I want to talk about the repair cycle because We talk a lot about that here in Awaken You and he has a a little different twist on it that I sort of love. He talks about the repair cycle of harmony to disharmony and then to repair. And he calls the stage of repair the knowing love stage. And in this stage of repair, you are aware of your partner's feelings, their shortfalls, the temper that's too big, the affection that's too small, the sloppiness, the stinginess, or the impulse to control, and yet you choose to love them anyway. What the relationship gives you far outweighs what it lacks. So you embrace those parts of your partner that, if left on their own, you might totally avoid. He talks about, How many couples skip this repair cycle and leave themselves marinating in that disharmony? And we know what that's like. We've all done that. It feels awful. It's like, you know, what do they say? That white elephant in the room. It's like sweeping it under the rug until we have this mound of ick under the rug. It just kind of stays there and stinks Until we trip over it and we fall into the cycle again. And that, you know, harmony, disharmony, that harmony almost feels fake because we haven't completed the cycle. Can anybody relate? I mean, I totally know what that feels like. And when you go through the repair cycle, it is like the rinse cycle in the laundry. Okay. I just totally came up with that analogy, but. You know, we put the dirty clothes in there. Our clothes are nice and clean. We wear them. They get dirty and stinky. And we could leave them in a pile to stink and rot. Or we could send them through the washing machine, clean them out, and have them come out fresh. And that's what it really feels like when you go through the repair cycle. It's actually, if any of you can relate, it's actually more like even washing your clothes, and then have any of you hung your clothes out to air dry outside. <laughs> we used to do this when I was a kid and I don't do it much anymore, but I actually hung out some sheets the other week when my husband was gone and oh my gosh, I was just reminded of how amazing that smells like, oh my gosh, those sheets smell so good. So that is what the repair cycle is like. He talks about two types of couples, couples who fight and couples who distance. So what type of couple are you? I will share that for me, I used to be the fighter. Like, I just wanted to create some some chaos, right? And then, of course, my husband is not a fighter. He's a distancer. And so that really was somewhat helpful initially because I realized I wasn't getting anywhere by fighting, right? But then what happened is we both distanced. And that doesn't work. In the book, he talks about fierce intimacy, which I love that term, which is the essential capacity to confront issues, to take each other on, navigating the bumps that makes for true intimacy. So it is really navigating those bumps that makes that intimacy fiery, fierce. He says, smooth functioning avoidance is romantic death. Okay, It is smooth functioning avoidance. It kills the marriages. Repair totally demands assertion, not aggression, from the unhappy partner met with care and responsiveness, not defensiveness from the other. And what I want to share is that if you need a refresher on defensiveness, go check out, you can search on the website, defensiveness, and it will come up. And I talk all about how the Gottmans talk about defensiveness and how it is one of the four horsemen that kills relationships. So in the book, Us, he shares a repair cycle that he calls like a one-way street. So when you're faced with an upset spouse, it's not your turn to air out your conflicts. It's your time to listen. So don't shut them down. Don't be defensive. Just listen. Repair, he says, goes in one direction. When the other is in a state of disrepair, your only job is to help them get back into harmony with you to deal with their upset and to support them in reconnecting. Do not focus on what the other is doing wrong. Focus on how you might be contributing. Don't focus on how you're unheard. Focus on how you might speak more effectively. Start with compassion, and compassion, remember, doesn't focus on who's right or who's wrong. Let them know that you care about them, that you want to hear what is going on for them. Typically, though, way too often, we speak from a place of both anger and authority. So instead, speak up, with love to exercise what he calls soft power. And I love this so much. You can be connected or you can be powerful, but you can't be both at the same time, he says. Power is over the other, not with. You break the thread of mutual connection when you move into power. Dominance does not breed intimacy. I love that sentence. Dominance does not breed intimacy. Powerful women often look an awful lot like powerful men. Okay, if that sentence doesn't make you want to stop and reevaluate and move into what he calls soft power, then come on. Soft power, he says, gives voice to the I and cherishes the we at the same time, even starting out by saying, I love you. The first and foremost thing I want to say is that I love you. Now, come on, when you start with that, you can't go wrong. So in Awaken You, I have my clients work through a four-step process that helps them walk through the repair cycle In a way that brings intimacy back into the relationship after the conflict versus that disconnection and that bitter anger. Then I also help my clients learn how to receive, right? When their partner is sharing what went on for them so that you can yield, you can listen and move into that one-way street versus (laughs) the congested bumper car, two-way street, He also emphasizes how to keep the repair process limited to one instance. Whatever it is you're in conflict over, don't bring up all of the things from the past. Keep it limited to that one instance. Then both of you can allow the repair to happen. So magical. You guys, there is so much more I want to share with you, but... I want to summarize my top takeaway, which is to pay attention to what state you are in during your disagreements. Learn how to pause, breathe, and become aware of what is happening for you. Know and understand your relationship default dynamic and the part you play in that dynamic. Right, So He talks about how couples have the same argument over and over and over. Know what that default dynamic is. Know what part you play in that dynamic and begin to start seeing your spouse's default dynamic, right, so that you can start to understand where they're coming from. You can start to maybe even correlate the way they're acting from how they grew up and from his or her childhood. So if you see yourself in that adaptive child state, ask to take a break. Ask to come back together to discuss at a different time and then make time to self-soothe and regulate your emotions. And if you don't know how to do that, go back, search self-soothe and regulate your emotions and find those episodes where I talk about that. I also have an episode that I'm going to share, and I don't remember off the top of my head which one it is, that talks about that process of pausing in the middle of a conflict and how to get yourself set up for success. Learn how to take responsibility for your part of the disharmony and make time to repair. What I also want you all to take away is that intimate relationships are hard work. If you're not up for the sweet results of intimacy that you never even imagined possible, then staying where you are is 100% a possible option. But if you're not enjoying it and you're complaining about it, take the worksheet that I shared in this episode. You can download it in the show notes. Start paying attention to what he talks about in his book and what I shared with you today. For those of you who stuck around till the end, I am going to share that special gift with you, that worksheet that you can start using right away. You can print it, you can download it onto your computer or your phone so that you can look at it and use it, it's going to help you determine whether you're in adaptive child personality or wise adult personality. You're gonna be able to check in with your body and figure that out. And when you can create this awareness, that is when you will be able to start creating something different, something that will help you work through your disharmony and move back into harmony. And if you're struggling with the implementation of this work, Please book that free coaching session now. Don't forget, the link is in the show notes. You all have an amazing week. And remember, keep this month's goal top of mind. All right, happy hugging you all. Ciao. Thank you for listening to the Awaken You podcast. If you enjoyed listening, then you have to go check out Awaken You, my one-on-one coaching program Where we take all of this material and we apply it to your life, we study it, and we take it to your next level so that you can awaken you in your marriage. For any questions, comments, or coaching issues you'd like to hear on the podcast, please visit me on my website and together let's awaken you.